Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. This is the Tony and Mo Football Show, live from Twin Peaks in Florence. Brought to you in part by Encore Technologies. Visit Encore.tech. Penn Station East Coast Subs. Penn Station, it's all in good taste. Honda East and Honda East Power Equipment Dealer, Nixco Plumbing. Choose a pro, choose Nixco. First State Bank, built on belief. And by Ralph's American Grill in Wilmington, Ohio. Visit ralphsgrill.com. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Good afternoon, Mo Egger with uh, Tony Pike on a gorgeous-looking Monday afternoon. Unfortunately, not a victory Monday. We're at Twin Peaks in Florence for the Tony and Mo Football Show, broadcasting till uh, 6 o'clock. Twin Peaks in Florence, very, very easy to get to. If you're looking for a place to watch Monday night football tonight, the baseball playoffs start tomorrow. Obviously, the Bengals are on the road on Sunday. Uh, hopefully, Jake Browning or A.J. McCarron are starting the game. Regardless of what you want to watch, there Monday are Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw is tonight because it's Monday. Uh, a billion TVs. The food is awesome. Uh, we've got a top-notch beer selection. Our friend Megan is here giving away Luke Combs tickets. Wow. We are having an absolute blast. We're very, very easy to get to right off I-75. You can get off at the Turfway Road exit. You can get off at the uh, Route 18 exit. That's what I did today. Route 18? Just to change it up a little bit. I understand. Change up the routine a bit. Yep. I understand. Imagine that. Maybe the Bengals should do that. We are here till 6 o'clock. We'll be back in Westchester next Monday, but we'll worry about that later. Come on out and see us. We are here till uh, 6 o'clock. And holy hell, do we have a lot to discuss. Yeah, it's, it's very rare at this point of, <laughs> of our show relationship that I take full pages of notes anymore. Yeah. And yet I feel like there's so much to try to convey. And when there is anger at the root of it, mm-hmm. you can kind of just lose your spot sometimes. So I wrote down notes today to try to get all the different ways in which I'm angry and frustrated with the Bengals. And, and portray that in a way that the listener can, can understand. All right. Well, we're going to empty your notebook there. Can't I, I wait. guess for me, the, the large sort of macro takeaway, and we'll dive into the nuts and bolts of the game itself. Um, if, this is, if this is how it's going to be with Joe Burrow playing while he's not healthy, why is he continuing to play? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we did the whole after two games when he got hurt against Baltimore, aggravated the injury. Should he play against the Rams? Well, you can't go 0-3. Okay, they eke one out. And we all sort of said after that game, like, this is the, that's how they're going to have to sort of do things. Well, yesterday they didn't come close. They've scored 49 points on the season. They don't have an offensive touchdown in the first half of any game this year. They're 1-3. He is clearly not mobile. He's not getting any better. If this is how it's going to be while he's playing compromised, then why do you play him? Either either win yeah. while he's not 100% and playing or get him to 100% and not play him at all. I, I, I have a hard time believing it makes any sense whatsoever to keep doing what they're doing because what they've been doing offensively the first four games mm-hmm. simply has not worked. What is the old I, I see better than I hear? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I, I, I hear last week 
that Joe Burrow threw 49 pass attempts and had no setbacks. Wasn't, he practiced all week. Mm-hmm. Wasn't limited. Yeah. So hearing that, what do I think? He's going to be great. He's going to take another step forward on Sunday. Y- yesterday was a step back. <laughs> and here's the issue. What, what now is compromised with Joe Burrow being compromised? Offensive line. Because mm-hmm. the D-line doesn't care about rush and, and their gap responsibilities because Joe Burrow's not going to run. He's not going to escape the pocket. It's hard for receivers to get open because now Tennessee's going to, or teams are going to come play more of a press coverage. And the one thing you'd think they would do with a hobbled quarterback, they don't, even though Mixon was 4.8 yards a carry yesterday, he touched the ball 14 times. Yeah. So I hear all of this good stuff, but then I watch, it's like, are, are they coaching like Joe Burrow is healthy? Why, why wouldn't you give Joe Mixon more carries? Well, none of it makes sense. The game plan, the scheme, the adjustments, none of it adds up to what you would think would be the product of a quarterback who's less than 100%. They've had two months to get ready for that game yesterday because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they lose the first game against Cleveland. And, you know, first of all, I think it could be well established now. The reason why the offense bad stunk weather. wasn't bad weather. Okay, we could shelve that because you cannot ask for three better yep. uh, sets of weather conditions than the Bengals have had the last three games. Uh, and so, okay, they need time to get everybody on the same page. They need time because Joe couldn't practice. They didn't play anybody during the preseason. Okay, fine, I'll give you that. Here we are four games in. The calf for the coaching staff is no longer an excuse. Mm-hmm. I'll give Joe Burrow an excuse for the calf, but the, the coaching staff – If you play him, you are playing him, accepting the responsibility of we have to figure out a way to win and function offensively in spite of and around the calf issue. If you're incapable of doing that, that is on you, and it's on you to find a different solution. Um, They have had – he entered the calf in late July. Yesterday was October the 1st. Mm -hmm. They've had months to design an offense around what Joe can and can't do. The inability to do that is a damning indictment on this coaching staff. Well, you mentioned when the injury happened. This isn't like college or or just a a general job where you might be able to go to rehab two days a week. Every single day, Burrow's been getting rehab. Mm -hmm. And there's still not enough progression in the calf. Here's my thing with, with Zach Taylor. If Joe Burrow, who I'm confident at this point, Joe Burrow is not going to go to the coaches and say, sit me. Mm -hmm. He's going to keep trying to play. Right. If you're the coaches or the organization, you either have two decisions. One, you have to then override Joe and say you are sitting, which doesn't seem the case because they don't apparently believe in Jake Browning or the roster like we should have. Or two, you've got to figure out a better game plan around Joe Burrow not being able to play because – Believe it or not, Mo, Matt Castle won a lot of games as a starter, mm-hmm. but he's a backup. Right. Aaron Rodgers won two playoff games with a limited mobility in his legs. Mm-hmm. So you can win, especially when you've got a ton of weapons around you. Zach Taylor, again, I hate that we have driven this in for the last couple of years. They were 123rd out of 128 in, game, in points per game when he was the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. at UC. They weren't good. Right. And – and, and you now see how much has been masked by Joe Burrow being healthy. Because right. Zach Taylor, without an elite quarterback, this is what it looks like from a play-calling standpoint. We saw that when he was at UC. Everyone else is seeing it now. So if you can't figure that out and move forward, what's the next step? You know Doug Peterson, right? Yes. Super Bowl-winning head coach. Uh-huh. Called the plays for that Super Bowl championship. Called the greatest trick play in the history of football. 
Have you noticed what Doug Peterson has done in the last couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. Gave up play calling duties to Press Taylor. Mm-hmm. And now this offense starts to look better. Right. That's a head coach who's won a Super Bowl as a play caller saying, you know what, it, it doesn't work for us right now how it's going. You call the place. Why is that so hard here? I, I don't understand. Zach Taylor's not, or Joe Burrow's not getting any healthier. Right. You can't clearly script plays around that. Let somebody else try while this season is still somewhat salvageable. You know, you mentioned you don't expect Joe Burrow to take himself out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Fair. I go back to 2016. A.J. Green was hurt. Now, the Bengals were playing meaningless football by the end of the season, but you remember the whole thing about Christmas Eve game against the Texans. A.J. wants to play. Mike Brown yep. makes the decision. He's not going to. A.J. didn't like it. Uh, he flies back with team permission on Christmas to go or on Christmas Eve to go spend the time with his son because he wasn't going to play. Mike Brown took some heat because he's Mike Brown, but I remember at the time going like, this is the one guy who makes sense. He's mm-hmm. pulling rank. The coaching staff wanted A.J. to play. A.J. wanted to play. The owner of the team stepped up and said, we're not doing this. This player is too important. We're not doing this. Mike Brown, who I rarely talk about, needs to step up and do the exact same thing seven years later with Joe Burrow. Now, the games obviously still do mean something, but somebody needs to step up and go, A, this isn't working. B, the longer this goes with the way the offense is playing, the, the higher the likelihood of a more significant injury. C, the most important thing we have to do as an organization is protect our best asset, mm-hmm. and that's Joe Burrow. If Zach Taylor won't do that, if uh, the guy above him, Duke Tobin, won't do that, do it with the owner. He's done it before. Yeah. He has stepped in and said, this guy's not playing. He's too important to us. Mike Brown, I wish he would do the same thing seven years later. 100%. Uh, because if not, if it's not the calf – just how many times in yesterday's game are you holding your breath after Joe Burrow gets hit? Not because of his lower body. He's right. taking hits on his elbow, on his hand. That, that changes the trajectory of a quarterback more so than just a couple weeks. That's a couple years. And now, again, you've, to, to my knowledge, you've never called defensive plays in the NFL. Correct. If the Arizona Cardinals called you today and said, can you, de- can you design a game plan for the Bengals, how would you do it? I would have six guys rush the quarterback. Simple. Not hard. Now – Surely Joe or uh, Zach Taylor probably had an idea of that going into the Titans game. Mm-hmm. You'd have thought they never thought that that was the case. Mm-hmm. How you deal with press coverage and five or six rushing the quarterback every time? Jeffrey Simmons was pretty clear about it after the game. <laughs> yes. He said our goal was to make the pocket up the middle around Joe Burrow uncomfortable. Mission accomplished. Where's he going to go? Right. Is he going to escape right, escape left? No. Mm-hmm. He's going to sit there, and he's going to stand in the pocket, and he's immobile, and you don't have the guys around to scheme better. So, again, anyone in this bar today could scheme up a defense against the Bengals. And now that you're going to see that going forward. Right now, does anyone have confidence that, that Zach Taylor is just overnight, magically, going to become this genius offensive play caller? No. I mean, to me, the, the worst thing you can be in football is easy to defend. Mm-hmm. This team could not be easier to defend. Nope. I mean, I, I said that out loud watching the game multiple times yesterday. These guys are easy to game plan against, and they're easy to physically beat. Yeah. For every reason you just articulated, I just have to send pressure. Mm-hmm. Receivers are going to have to cut off their routes. They know they're not going to beat them over the top. 
you know, now there's a T. Higgins injury. He says he's going to try to play through it. They didn't solve the tight end issue. Their running back, Joe Mixon, has been okay, but he's one-dimensional. There's no creativity. There's nothing outside the box. Tony, the first drive of the game yesterday was, oh was, was crisp-looking, right? They were in rhythm. Joe was making pretty easy throws. They ran the ball. I knew things were going to start to unravel when they get inside, I think, the five, yeah. right? And they have to call a timeout. And they come out of the timeout and could not look more disorganized. I, I, I thought, well, one, I was shocked watching the game and how easy Tennessee was letting them go underneath on the first drive. Right? Just simple yes. underneath passes. Take what they give A ton you. of coverage. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon's hitting good runs. They stopped that after that drive. Here's what I can't stand. Fourth and goal at the two. The Tennessee offense last, last week had 94 total yards against the Browns. Mm-hmm. Fourth and two. You go right down the field, make a statement, set a tone, and go for it on fourth down. You either score or you make an offense that's been bad go 98 yards. Instead, you do the one thing that gives momentum back to Tennessee because Tennessee jogging off the field at 3-0, that was a win for them. No doubt. Trust your defense, make them go 98, or punch it in on fourth and two because that's what they did. They took the ball, right? Yes. We're going to go down and score – and you get to the two-yard line, and instead of imposing your will and setting the tone for the game, you kick a field goal. Yep. It's a cop-out. It's a ridiculous play call. It's playing not to lose. Everything that this team's not supposed to be, they did on that first drive. And the second they kicked that field goal, it sent a message for the rest of the game. It's coaching scared. Correct. It is uh, 20 minutes after 3 o'clock. This is going to be a fun afternoon. We're at Twin Peaks and Florence. First drive, last drive of the half, first drive of the, the third quarter. Not great coaching by and, the Bengals yesterday. And the quarterback being in down 24 points in the fourth quarter. With no tempo. Yes. And just running the normal offense. Ridiculous. Just absolutely coaching malpractice yesterday yep. in Nashville. 20 minutes after 3 o'clock. We're here at uh, Twin Peaks in Florence. It's the Tony and Moe football show. Zach Taylor's press conference. Oh. Uh, the first part of it coming up at uh, 345. I know you can't wait for that. We are contractually obligated to uh, air it. There are a lot of gripes to air out. We haven't even talked about the performance of the defense yesterday. Because this is festivist today. It is. The airing of grievances. Well, I got a few. Three hours might not be enough. Tony and Mo football show 21 after 3 on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. 28 minutes after 3 o'clock. This is ESPN 1530 Mo Egger with Tony Pike. Uh, Tony and Mo football show at Twin Peaks in Florence. We are here until uh, 6 o'clock. If uh, you are wondering, we will be in uh, Westchester at Twin Peaks one week from today. Uh, you and I were talking about this off air, and uh, there are a billion different issues with the offense, but but let's be honest. In three of the four games, Lou Anarumo's defense has left yeah. a lot to be desired. Yesterday's game was the first time since maybe 2019 that I felt like his unit looked ill-prepared. You typically don't see slow assignment errors. You don't see missed tackles. You don't see guys out of position. With Lou Anarumo, there's two things that I associate with his defense, versatile and prepared. Mm -hmm. So play late in the first half, Derrick Henry lines up in the Wildcat. The Bengals call a timeout. Tennessee comes out of the timeout in the same look, and he throws a a touchdown pass to Josh Wiley. Now, first of all, congratulations to Josh, who we love. Bearcat. LaSalle guy and a Bearcat. And he went to Cincinnati. (laughs) Or he's from Cincinnati. He's from Cincinnati. So you can cheer for him. That's right. It looked like they didn't even account nope. for the possibility that Derrick Henry might throw a pass out of a timeout. Zero timeouts left for Tennessee. Yeah. If they don't throw it and you tackle them, 
the half's over. The half's over. It's you over. dodge a bullet, yes. And you have no one on the tight end. And it wasn't like he even sold it. <laughs> he took like three jog steps to the right and threw it. I, I, Jermaine Pratt jumped as high as I could right now. I was watching the game with people, and I said, I think Josh Wiley is the most surprised person in the building that mm-hmm. he was that wide open. Yep, coming out of a timeout. Out of a timeout? I get it. Like, maybe they're scrambling, no timeouts left. You had a timeout, and you did that. Jermaine Pratt, <clears throat> remember last year when he was complaining on social media how he should be playing on third downs? Oh, boy. And then they paid him this offseason? That was like the first thing to get done. It's like, yeah, they can't keep both. And then they, they re-up Jermaine Pratt, and you're like, oh, okay. Here he is on third downs. He was awful yesterday. They missed over 10 tackles as a unit. And, again, an offense that in Cleveland's defense is good. They had 94 yards of total offense against that, that Cleveland defense. Well, and your only chance of winning the game, you're down 24-3 to at half. Oh. They're going to get the ball to start the yep. half. You know what they're going to do. Yep. Uh, they're not exactly going to be taking long shots down the field. They're going to give it to Derrick Henry. They're going to throw short. To let them burn more than 10 minutes off the clock. Inexcusable. That, that was the ball game. I mean, from, from that point forward, you know, we could talk about Bengals fumbled the next trip. Why is Joe Burrow in? At that point there, less than five minutes to go in the, in the third quarter, you are not winning that game. Forget the fact they didn't even give up a touchdown. You let them burn 10 minutes off the clock? This, this defense, in three of the four games, they have left a lot to be desired. And let's call it what it is. Mm-hmm. In the one win, that was a third-string tackle. Right. And two other backup members of the Rams' offensive line. And, and a team playing without Cooper Cup. And a Rams team that also just went away from the run. Yeah. If you look at the first three, the, the yeah. three losses, Cleveland ran it however they wanted. Baltimore ran it however they wanted. And yesterday, the Tennessee Titans, who everyone in the league knows is going to run the ball, they ran it whenever they wanted. There is nothing more discouraging. Because I said the same thing. It's like, all right, this half was terrible. But if they're going to make a run, three and out, and go score. Right. And the next thing you know, there is 10 minutes and 22 seconds off the clock before the Bengals get the ball back and you're down three scores. Mm-hmm. Four scores. So that, to shift from the defense, who has given up 5.2 yards of carry this year on the ground, who is not getting off the field on third downs, you go down 27-3. to three. Did, the, did the urgency, in your opinion, offensively pick up after that? No, they were huddling. They were taking, taking their all their time. Yeah. Fourth quarter. Joe Burrow still out there with about eight minutes left. Mm-hmm. Running their normal offense. Yeah. If you're not going to try to work on something up-tempo, if you're not trying to go down and score, why is a hobbled Joe Burrow still in the game, and not just in the game, Mo, in the game taking shots? Mm-hmm. Why? How, how is that? It's the coach, game is over. It's coaching malpractice. This team has scored three offensive touchdowns in four games, mm-hmm. and you think you're going to score 24 points in seven minutes? It's the most irresponsible thing I've seen a Bengals head coach do. Yeah. It, it, that is coaching malpractice. Yep. I cannot imagine. I don't care if Burrow wants to play. Doesn't matter. Sit down. You're the coach. Yep. You're the authority figure. Sit him down. I, I, I cannot imagine if I'm Duke Tobin or Mike Brown, or Katie Blackburn, or Troy Blackburn, or any of those people. I cannot imagine watching that, knowing this is my franchise. Who's this already is, limited. This is our meal ticket. And you have them out there taking shots in a 27-3 game in the fourth quarter when yep. he's already hobbled? Yep. That, that was blatantly irresponsible. Well, Browning, There is no excusing that. Browning had already been up during the game. Right. Because he'd taken a shot on his arm. Right. 
So you have this quarterback who is nowhere close to 100%, an offensive play caller who can't put him in the right situation, and you're going to allow a defense just to pin their ears back? Tee off. And get after the passer. Ridiculous. There will be no team in the league that just sits back in a too-high shell right now and rushes four. This is the new norm. Mm -hmm. You're going to get four and five, six-man pressures. You've got to figure out how to handle it. And right now, this team is ill-equipped to handle it at all. NFL's been around a long time. 100-plus years? Yes. Listen to this stat. Joe Burrow is the first quarterback in the history of the National Football League through four games to attempt at least 150 pass attempts and average less than five yards per attempt. Like, that's five yards or less per attempt, 150-plus attempts. Mm -hmm. No one else in the history of the NFL has done that. (laughs) And you don't think that other teams are going to adjust to that? (laughs) I mean, it is – I, I said this today, and I hate this because I, I really feel like this was a Super Bowl-caliber team. Yes. I, I was unaware that it was all related on Joe Burrow, but this has the makings to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's not going to be 100% next week. Probably not going to be 100% the week after. He shouldn't play. Correct. He, we, we, we talked about this last week, and I know we're late. We, we, we discussed this last week of, okay, you got by L.A., get through the next two, sit him for Seattle, or sit him for San Francisco, give him a chance to get three weeks. Do it now. Yeah. Do, do, if, this was supposed to be the easy part of the schedule. Right. San Fran, mm-hmm. Buffalo, yeah. they look really good all of a sudden. Right. I it, mean. It, 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 it's, it's a no-brainer. Uh, you cannot, based on what I've watched, you cannot convince me it makes any sense at all to keep doing what they're doing. It's two things. They don't trust Jake Browning. And I don't think Zach Taylor trusts himself as a play caller. Zach Taylor's success has been tied to Joe Burrow when Joe Burrow can extend plays and make plays happen. That is just the, the blatant truth about it. If, if they thought they could function, because as you said last week, this roster is really good. That's all we heard all offseason. Yeah. If this roster is that good, you should go win football games with a backup quarterback. They have all five of their starting offensive linemen. Now, mm-hmm. T got injured yesterday, but they've been healthy at the wide receiver spot. They have their starting running back. They don't have Irv Smith, who I think stinks anyway. They've been healthy on that side of the football, and this is what it looks like. 24 mm-hmm. away from uh, 4 o'clock, the first part of Zach Taylor's press conference coming up in uh, just about uh, 10 minutes. We're at the uh, Twin Peaks location in Florence. It's uh, the Tony and Mo Football Show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. The official home of the Bengals, Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. All right, I'll be quick here because we got to get to the uh, Zach Taylor press conference. Next segment, sports headlines and service of Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval from their family to yours for life, KelseyChev.com. T. Higgins confirmed that he has a fractured rib, says it's just one, uh, says he hopes to play on Sunday when the Bengals head to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Uh, Reed Sinnott has been cut from the Bengals practice squad. A.J. McCarron, now the lone Bengals practice squad QB. Monday night football tonight, uh, Giants and Seahawks. That game is on ESPN 1530. Uh, College football, the U.K. Wildcats move into the top 25. They are 20th in both major polls after their win over Florida on Saturday. The Mark Stoops radio show tonight at uh, 6 p.m. on ESPN 1530. By the way, we got to thank UC Willie for buying his beers. Yes, Thanks to UC Willie. We'll, we're going to talk about the Bearcats a little bit later on. Another frustrating uh, loss out there in, what are we uh, doing? in Provo. I can't, I, I, we'll need a segment for that. Uh, quickly, congratulations to FC Cincinnati. Yes, Supporter Shield. Shield. 
Football. The the scene with uh, the players partying with fans was yes. awesome. Aaron Bupesma with the uh, go-ahead goal in the 72nd minute. And uh, a bizarre weekend for the Reds. Like, Saturday. Yeah. So they win the game on Friday. Arizona loses. I fly back from Utah. There's hope. I'm like, you know what? This is a playoff game. Yeah. Obviously, other stuff had to happen. This yeah. is a playoff game. So – Smoked. Set up the TV outside. Yep. I'm going to watch what is basically a Reds playoff game. No. Nope. By the time I cracked open my first, it's five zip. Basically went like other Reds playoff games. <laughs> and then you get the whole Joey Votto thing on Sunday, the, the swan song, the last. If you're got the, him in the three hole. If you're the umpire. Yeah. It's weak. It, it is weak. It's weak. Like, there, there are times where you have to just sort of understand know the, the moment. the moment, man. Right. Uh I think the Reds told you this weekend how they feel about Joey Votto being in their plans. Yep. And maybe they figure out a way to get it done. But, but in these must-win games, he wasn't playing. Yep. All right, uh, Zach Taylor. Does Zach Taylor have a must-win game on Sunday? Yes. Feels like it. Feels like it. Against Josh His Dobbs job is not in jeopardy. No. But he should not be the play caller going forward. I, I can't Can't convince me. We, we said like two weeks ago, name one show we've come in after a loss and said the offense was great, the defense stunk. Yeah. I said to you last week – that in the offseason, I talked about the fact that, hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of the two units, which is most likely to be ranked among the league's elite, and for me it was defense. Mm -hmm. Now the defense has had all sorts of issues the last three weeks or the last four games. But when the Bengals lose, offense. usually the main culprit is offense. That has been the case for a while. Yep. And for folks who haven't listened to us for a long time, you've been banging on this Zach Taylor play calling drum mm-hmm. even when times have been at their best. Yeah. This is not a new theme. But let's just listen when we come back about relaxing and long season still ahead and everything will be fine. All right, here's Zach Taylor after this. Uh, it's Tony and Mo football show at Twin Peaks in Florence on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. All right, nine away from four o'clock. This is the uh, Tony and Mo football show on ESPN fifteen thirty. A day after the Bengals get destroyed by the Titans twenty-seven to three. Here is uh, Zach Taylor in the first part of his Monday press conference. Time for the Zach Taylor press conference. Brought to you in part by One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning and by Brandstetter's Kangaroo on ESPN fifteen thirty, the official home of the Bengals. That's a strange question. Yeah. Well, I mean, when does it kind of fall off, though? I mean, do you feel like he's healthy enough to run a good offense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. So, so why has the offense not been good? 
We, we just got to do a better job finding rhythm early. You know, there, there's a lot of things you can point to. Uh, we were 0-5 on third down in this game. Our first second down efficiency was really good um, to start the game. It's just when you're 0-5 on third down in the first half, um, you're not taking any pressure off the defense. It was 3-3, three to three, you know, halfway through the second quarter. And we got to do something offensively by converting those third downs and turn them into points to where take the pressure off the defense so the other team can't run the ball as much as they do. And uh, so that, that's really the easiest starting point for us. Yeah, when you're 0-5 third down, that's your defense is going to be on the field because you're not extending drives the way we need to. What kind of makes you think it can look dramatically different with Joe still battling the same stuff next week? Yeah, it, it, it is what it is, and I think every week's going to continue to prove that way. Um, again, we, we've just got to be better on the things that we can control. You'd love on that first possession, if we could have turned that into seven points, maybe the start of the game's different. We had a great drive, great efficiency. Um, really felt good about the second drive, too. Again, they, they, they got us on a third and seven call, um, fell off into the throwing window and got a sack, zeroed us on the third drive on a third down. Good call by them. Um, so again, th those three drives, not being able to get more than three points is what hurt us. And, and again, put a lot of pressure on our defense. How can you combat teams that are obviously going to press the outside and rush the middle until Joe proves he can do else? I mean, how do you combat that? Yeah, we got to just continue to game plan for it. And, and again, I, I don't want to give all the answers in this room because right. um, then Arizona will just do it. But again, it, it's, that's, that's on us. That's on me, really, as a play caller to find ways to get this team in the end zone earlier in the game um, so that we can play better complimentary football as a team. After having time to look at tape on defense, what was wrong with the tackling yesterday? Well, just the tackling in general. I mean, just, just getting them down. Um, you know, there was three penalties on third downs that extended drives. And, you know, that's going to lead to the defense being on the field longer and, and guys getting worn down. And missing when you're playing Derrick Henry, that's what they're counting on. And so – we let them play the style of ball that they play best. That's a credit to them. They dictated how the game was played, and, and we let them dictate that. And so, again, by not converting third downs on offense, by getting three penalties on third down on defense, you gave them more snaps, and that allows Derrick Henry to, to start to build up some steam. And um, that's what you see on the tape when you're playing against a guy like that is missed tackles because he's a load. He does a great job. We've done a better job in the past of, again, complimenting each phase to where we keep him off the field and – just didn't do a good enough job of that yesterday. With tackling, is it more of a technique or a mentality? No, I, I, our mentality has always been there. I know Cam's probably in concussion protocol. It looked like yeah. he's dealing with shoulder, too. Are there, are there two issues going on with him? Well, I think he, he came back initially for that, and then it's the head. So we'll just we'll, he's going through the protocol right now with the head injury. Well, you know, the, the penalties, it's interesting because they've, they've been something different each game. You know, one game was false starts. Um, this one, we had a, a defensive hold. We had a, an offside. We had a uh, uh, roughing, you know, with the running back. And, you know, we had a, we had a, a clip on a punt return when we were punting the ball. And so they're all different stuff. Um, it's usually a different person each time. It, it's been stuff that's hurt us, so we got to do a better job of that. And I think our guys understand that. Did you get an explanation on Dak's roughing? Was it was it the hit itself of going after running back, or was it extra extracurricular? It was probably extracurricular. Was the one that you said the clip was that was the one that they called originally called? No, it was on Tyson, right? Yeah.
Yeah. I thought it was initially. Yeah, we just watched the whole pursuit down the field, and we thought initially that's what it was. How drastic are some of the conversations you guys have on a day like today about how differently things could need to be offensively to change things? I mean, is it, how deep into that do you go of dramatic changes? Yeah, that's every. That's really every Monday and Tuesday for us, whether we've won or lost, and. The biggest things we can do as a team right now is is learn from these last four games, the things we can learn from. Just focus on tomorrow. You know, our players rehabbing and watching a little bit of tape. we got to put together the best plan we've had so far and do everything we can for this to be our best performance against Arizona to get back on track. And that's that's really all we can control. We don't look down the road. We learn from the things that are behind us. I think our team has done a great job embracing that mentality. And that's what we expect this week is, is just let's have a great week of work. Let's put together a great plan for our players to be able to execute and go on the road and get a big one. This has been the Zach Taylor Press Conference on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Zach Taylor says a question about whether Joe Burry, Joe Burrow is still ex- expected to start is a strange question. Why? Don't necessarily think I agree with that. We'll get to that <laughs> and so much more when we come back. We're at oh, uh, Twin Peaks in Florence, Tony and Mo Football Show, ESPN 1530. Oh. Let's go! This is the Tony and Mo Football Show, live from Twin Peaks in Florence. Brought to you in part by Encore Technologies. Visit Encore.tech. Penn Station East Coast Subs. Penn Station, it's all in good taste. Honda East and Honda East Power Equipment Dealer, Nixco Plumbing. Choose a pro, choose Nixco. First State Bank, built on belief. And by Ralph's American Grill in Wilmington, Ohio. Visit ralphsgrill.com. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Good afternoon, the middle hour of the uh, Tony and Mo football show on ESPN 1530, broadcasting today from Twin Peaks in Florence. We are here until uh, 6 o'clock, an absolutely awesome place to spend a gorgeous-looking Monday afternoon. We've got Monday night football tonight. This is a great place to watch. We've got the uh, baseball postseason, which starts tomorrow. We have a full college and pro football slate coming up this weekend. Tons of TVs, incredible staff. Yeah. You know, we've had today like three or four servers, yes. like sort of ask to help us. Yes. Welcome. Very, very nice. Very welcoming. Welcoming. Uh, the food is terrific. I recommend the uh, meatball skillet and uh, great beer selection as well. We are here till six. Very easy to get to right off uh, I-75. And uh, so when you get off work, come on out and hang out with us as we sift through yesterday's uh, Bengals <laughs> Titans loss. Zach was asked about uh, Joe. Is he expected to start? And he yeah. said that was what a, a terrible a, question, a strange question. What's so strange about that question? I think it's a great question. You know what's brilliant about this, Mo? This is our second hour. Mm-hmm. There's three hours to this show. So what you and I like to do, we take the first hour and then we try to make some adjustments. We do. You know, some adjustments that are that have to be made. This was good. This was bad. What can we improve on? Right. Like to see that start happening down at the uh, the friendly confines of what was formerly Paul Brown Stadium. So we were just talking off air about the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've run the ball with some success this year. Mm-hmm. The, they can't throw deep, okay? Fine. We just, we've, we've taken those, those pages out of the playbook. Yes. What I don't see is any semblance of a screen game. Now, they did throw a couple of screen passes when the game was out of hand. They threw one of them to... Drew Sample, and, not, and the other one was late in the game. And as much as Joe Mixon has 
been okay this year. You can run the football in ways that don't involve Joe Mixon. Mm -hmm. There's none of that. No. It's the last time you saw the Bengals run a good jet sweep. Yeah. When's the last time you saw the Bengals run a lot of really well-executed bubble screens? Yep. When's the last time you saw a really well-designed screen pass in a crucial situation? Where are these things in this offense that yeah. I think with the way they're trying to operate right now, you have to have? Again, I know who they say they want to be, but they don't act upon who they want to be. Sure. Like, again, I'll go back to it. On the first drive of the game, when you win the toss and say, we want the ball, are you taking the ball to kick three? No. You're taking it fourth and two. This is what you're supposed to be built for. Right. Fourth and two, go punch them in the mouth on the first drive and take a 7 nothing lead. Instead, you take the easy way out, you get points, and it ends up being the only points you get. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how bad it was. But there is no creativity. There's no uh, fluidness to their offense. And there's nothing that you see and you say, huh, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Like, watch, watch any game. I'm sure there's a lot of people that did yesterday. Mm -hmm. Watch any other game and tell me you don't watch other offenses and be like, huh. I watch, good. I watch the Buffalo Bills, and I see misdirections. Mm -hmm. I see cleverly designed passing plays. I see th their ability to use their tight end in ways that we never see the Bengals. I, I watch the Miami Dolphins, and, you know, they got crushed yesterday. Yeah. But in the New England game, Tyreek Hill, Bill Belichick said, we're taking away your best weapon. And Mike McDaniel said, that's fine. We've got this really well-designed, well-executed, very well-blocked running game mm -hmm. that, like, you could almost see in real time, you know, individual plays unfold to almost perfection. Yeah. I always like to laugh at the L.A. Chargers, but as much as I think Brandon Staley, boy, if he can make the wrong decision, it feels like he does. But I, I watch that offense now with Kellen Moore calling, calling plays, and it, it, it feels like once they get into rhythm – it, it, it really takes off. And, mm -hmm. and there's Shorthanded. An, no Austin Eckler right. either. There's an unpredictability to it. I don't get that with this team. Nope. And you've said this a bunch. Like when the Bengals have been at their best, usually it's Joe Burrow doing magical things, mm -hmm. extending plays, finding tight windows, making the right read when they spread defenses out. If you can't do that, the, the the coaching, and I'm not a big play-calling guy. Like, I, I don't feel qualified most of the time to really talk about play-calling, but it's the responsibility of a coach to figure out ways to get the job done within the parameters that you can't control. The parameters right now are Joe Burrow can't do Joe Burrow things. Do you fear them right now? Of course not. Okay, then you have to out-scheme teams, and they right. can't. Right, of course not. Last year, teams feared them, so what did we spend a lot of Mondays talking about? Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No This new defense called Tampa 2 and how what, what do you do against Tampa 2? <laughs> yeah. Because defenses were saying what? Dink and dunk us down the field. You've right. got way too many guys and a healthy Joe Burrow. Right. You're too explosive. This year, they're saying you can't do that down the field stuff. So show us that you can out-coach us, out-scheme us. And right now, I would say the, the confidence level of that is very small. Zach Taylor out-scheming a defensive coordinator. I will even say something that I bet you never thought you would hear me say. I would take a shovel pass. Oh, my. My least favorite play. I would take a shovel pass. It's something different. Yeah. Tony, the, the, their offense looks like a preseason offense. Vanilla. We're not trying to show anything. They should put the Bengals on those Toy Story broadcasts. Because <laughs> if you're trying to adhere to kids, you could be like, hey, this is what a basic NFL offense looks like. There's 11 players. No bells and whistles. Right. No motions. Nothing exotic. This is where the receivers line up. Here's where the running back lines up, and here's everyone blocking. You know, watching the Sunday night game last night, Collinsworth talked about this with, with Travis Kelsey. And he's like, you know, look, Travis Kelsey is a matchup nightmare. But, but watch how they motion him. Watch how they use mm-hmm. him pre-snap. Look at all the different ways that, that they line him up. That conversation's never had about this offense. Nope. And when they're at their healthiest, that could be okay because your quarterback can mask all that. It gets exposed when your quarterback is not healthy. Right. I think that's been the most frustrating thing for a lot of folks about these first four games. It feels to me that in ways that we didn't talk about in 21 and 22 because Burrow was healthy, now the staff, the offensive staff, is being exposed. The microscope's being put on them. Sure. And again, like there was a, a write-up. Tennessee was blatantly open after the game yesterday about their game plan. Right. Blatantly. Said, hey, first drive, played off. Didn't work. They were able to move the ball on us. Second drive, we toyed around with the idea of bringing some pressure and bringing our corners up. And once we saw – this is Tennessee's defense – once we saw that they couldn't operate like they wanted to, we stuck with it. Mm -hmm. What adjustment did you see in game from the Bengals' offense yesterday? None. Zero. And you cannot tell me – again – have you ever called offensive plays no. in the NFL? No. If you're going into this Arizona Cardinal week, what do you think you should prepare for from Arizona's defense? They're coming. Pressure. Yeah, they're coming. You don't have anything built in? Up the middle. It was like yesterday. You would have thought that that was the furthest thing from the offensive staff's mind that they could blitz that much. Mm-hmm. How? Joe Burrow cannot move. What else do you think a defense is going to do? It does not take rocket scientists – to figure out what's going to happen. This is not some elaborate scheme. It's not something that, that the, the offense had never seen before. It's just pressure. Right. And instead of pressure outside, they're just rushing and trying to get pressure right up the middle. How many backers shot right in the A-gap yesterday? Mm-hmm. Because they don't want Joe Burrow to feel comfortable at his feet. So let me ask you this, and I, I put this on a text thread with you and Austin. The, you're going empty. They're blitzing. Uh, How does that work? doesn't. You know why it worked in the past? Because when you went empty – you had so many weapons that teams had to back up. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Burrow could just kind of pick and choose. Right now, everyone's up. Look at the, 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 the uh, play before the fourth down they didn't go for that almost got intercepted on the goal line. Mm-hmm. No respect. Right. That guy's jumping the route because <laughs> Burrow is just staring it down. That's not normal for Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. But he's counting on his guys to win, and they're just putting it right there. Like, it is – it's remarkable to me 
how underprepared it feels like this offense is. And that's not the first time we've said that. No. That was the theme for the people who didn't want to talk about rain after the Cleveland game. To me, that was the theme of game one. They looked unprepared. For the first week. For the first week. They've had since the end of July to prepare for the possibility of playing games with Joe Burrow, not 100%. Yep. And this is what it looks like. Yeah. Against an okay defense yeah, that yeah. had the right game plan, but an okay right. personnel-wise defense. You mentioned um, mixing it up. Mm-hmm. Watch the Dolphins yesterday. Tyree Kill lined up as a running back. Sure. And they faked it to him. And they gave it on an end around to their running back. Mm-hmm. And he ran for like 30 yards. But it's like just by putting him in the backfield and the running back split out wide, what's the defense have to do now? you got to figure out something. Right. At worst, you take a timeout. But when you don't show, and that, that is my concern now, we've heard Jamar Chase already multiple times this year speak up. Can't blame him. Why isn't Jamar Chase being used more? Mm-hmm. Why isn't he being used in the backfield? Why isn't he being used in motion more? Yeah, I mean, it, it's all about putting the ball in the hands of your best playmaker. Figure out ways to do it. I mean, Debo Samuel, you might argue, is no longer San, Francisco best, San Francisco's best playmaker because they have Christian McCaffrey. But the, the ways in which they use him, and he is a different type of athlete, but still, like w- with the best offenses in the league, you get the sense going in, we're getting it to our best guy. And it, it, if, you, if you take them away, if we line them up on the outside, all right, cool, we're going to put them here. With this team, there's just none of that. We do have to talk about Jamar's postgame comments mm-hmm. and uh, T. Higgins' injury, which he says he wants to play on Sunday despite a fractured rib. We'll spend some time on that. We'll address our poll question. We'll talk about everything that happened around the NFL uh, week four yesterday and uh, so much more. Do we have to talk at all about BYU and UC? We do, and we will. Okay. Uh, which feels like a lifetime ago. It Those does. Friday games are weird. You know, I should have known when I woke up on Friday morning at 3 a.m. and saw the, the United States already down 4-0 in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> and then UC gets beat after outgaining another team by mm-hmm. 200 yards. And it probably just wasn't going to be the best weekend. It wasn't. And yet here I am buying back in. At Twin Peaks in Florence for the Tony and Mo Football Show, 17 after uh, 4 o'clock. This is ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. This is the greatest segment in the history of this show. And uh, it didn't make it on the air. We dropped off. We dropped out for Man. a second. I'm hurt. Uh, we talked about T. Higgins. You, you want to briefly summarize what we just talked about that I'm not sure most of the audience Yeah, uh, T. Higgins, uh, he has a fractured rib. He's not been producing well. He had one good game this season. He's had some drops. At times he looks uninterested. This all on the heels of the Bengals choosing not to negotiate really in the offseason or during the season. Yeah. He's in a contract year. Part of me says this is when you want to go ball out. The other part of me says if you're banged up or not 100%, why do you keep putting yourself out there yeah. and risk looking bad or not playing at your best? So it's a very interesting dynamic for T. Higgins. I've right asked now. on Twitter, should Joe Burrow play against Arizona? Roughly 35% of respondents say yes. What are those people missing? Yesterday's game? Yeah, probably. <laughs> or just they haven't watched Zach Taylor call a game. <laughs> In his time here. Uh, my thing, if you're a Super Bowl team, mm-hmm. you should be able to get a backup quarterback and go beat the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. It's Josh Dobbs. I don't care. People that, well, the Arizona Cardinals are playing tough. Okay. Yeah, fine. They're playing tough. Right. That's Josh Dobbs and a team that is not built to win at all. You're telling me that from a coaching staff and personnel standpoint, 
You can't go beat the Arizona Cardinals without Joe Burrow? You can't have it both ways with your backup. You, you can't insist all offseason, you know what, we're comfortable with whoever wins this battle between Simeon and Brown. You, yep. can't, you can't do that and then not pull Burrow when he's clearly not himself in an effort to save him long term right. because you're afraid of what would happen if you played the backup. You, you can't do it both ways. I, I can understand anybody's apprehension about playing Jake Browning or, for that matter, A.J. McCarron. There's mm -hmm. a big part of me that would prefer to see A.J. because I've seen him contribute to a win before yep. as an NFL starting quarterback. I, I understand that apprehension, but if you're the team and you didn't go after a different backup quarterback when it was abundantly clear Simeon wasn't the guy. We ask for it every day. Right. You, you, can't, you can't claim we're comfortable with Jake, and then when your starting quarterback is dealing with something that is limiting him, you can't then refuse to make a move because you're afraid of playing the backup. Right. It's one or the other. Again, it either is you it's trust mixed him signals. You, yeah, either you trust him or you don't. Yep. And if you don't trust him, he shouldn't be the backup. Everything about this team is mixed signals. Yes. Everything. Everything, on the field and off. The, the whole going into the season with Joe Burrow, but, you know, Joe Burrow's back, and then Zach Taylor saying you're calling plays with limited. It just – none of it, none of it makes sense as it relates to Joe Burrow, as it relates to Zach Taylor, the offense, the defense, the game plan. Nothing about this – like, it should be two plus two equals four. Uh-huh. And nothing about it with the Bengals is. Like, the, their rhyme or reason. Said the, the last thing got, we got cut off, Tyler Boyd has made a career out of short yardage being the guy to go to. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, before the half, before it was a 14-point game, still everything right ahead of you, you're driving third and two. Tells me that's a good Tyler Boyd time. Yes. Get him on the inside. Historically, yes. Let him work in and out. Instead – it's the deep shot that they didn't take the whole game. They decide to throw a deep shot to Tyler Boyd down the seam. Fourth and two. Bengals punt. They don't go for it. Again, down 14. They punt. Tennessee goes down and puts the game away. Right. Why? Why not get the first down and then take the shot? Right. Nothing makes sense. Joe Burrow, they're down 24 in the fourth quarter. They've scored three offensive touchdowns in four games. They would have to score three times and get all three two-point conversions in about 12 minutes, yeah. and Joe Burrow's still in there operating the offense. And get three and outs when you couldn't yep. stop Derrick Henry. Make it make sense. <laughs> it doesn't at all. Let's talk about uh, week four of the NFL. Obviously, there's one more game tonight. Baltimore is now three and one. Lamar Jackson playing without two wide receivers. His starting left tackle, his starting right tackle left. They suffered more injuries in the secondary. Mm. Baltimore still three and one. Obviously, Cleveland didn't play Deshaun Watson. Baltimore. Sort of also won games with Tyler Huntley last year. And almost won a playoff game. Correct. With their backup quarterback. Crazy. I, I felt like, I don't know the extent of Deshaun Watson's injury. There's a part of me that looks at what they did and wonder, okay, they have a bye week this week. Did mm -hmm. they basically say, screw it, we're going to try to get Deshaun Watson healthy, healthy. after the bye yep. and effectively tank this game against Baltimore? Makes sense. Uh, the Pittsburgh-Houston game, to me, was more about the Texans. Yeah. I don't know how good they are. They certainly are fun. C.J. Stroud passing the eye test. Yeah, he is. How about Pittsburgh? They're 2-2. Two and two. Their two losses have been as brutal as it gets. Uh-huh. The Niners routed them. Right. And then they go to Houston and get absolutely steamrolled. Well, the, the Niners routed them, and you could say, well, that's about San Francisco. They're really good. The Texans are fun. I don't mm -hmm. think they're good. The, the, the uh, Texans pasted them yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the Buffalo Bills made a statement. 45-20 over right. uh, Miami. Um. 
I still have a lot of faith in Miami. That Buffalo team, I, I kind of, at the end of the start of the year, I thought it was like Bengals, Chiefs, right. small tier. Buffalo is right back on that upper tier. Well, they have found a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Now they get Von Miller back. Getting some running game. And they're getting a running game going. Um, Did you watch any of the Toy Story game? Very, very briefly because I tried to get my daughter so into it. She wasn't having no. it. So I went back to the regular broadcast. Some glitches early. Yeah. But some of it was cool. Uh-huh. Uh, wasn't cool. I was watching the Toy Story version on the pick six. Yeah. Not cool for Des. I love Des Ritter. That offense has to be better. You've got Pitts, Drake London. He's got to be better. B. John Robinson's ridiculous. Uh-huh. That offense needs to be scoring more points. And they, their backup's making a lot, and, a lot of and, money. And here's the thing. The, the, the leash for Des is not going to be very long. Right. It just isn't. Yep. It, it feels like it's like the next couple of weeks or never. Don't say I didn't tell you anything about the Tampa Bay Bucks and Baker Mayfield. You sure did. Can I give you my biggest pet peeve in all of football? Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, being up seven in the fourth quarter on your own 34 and going for it. Okay, there's that. <laughs> this is my <laughs> biggest <laughs> pet peeve. You pull within a point with no time left on the clock. You have the choice between the PAT yep. and going for two. And Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, yep. coach of the Commanders, kicks the PAT. They're on the road. Yep. They're underdogs. Now, I always bring up 2014. Similar situation for the Bengals. They throw a Hail Mary. They pull within one. Mm-hmm. I am screaming at the top of my lungs. Go for two. Right. Win the game on offense. Don't give them another possession. You're on the road. Ron Rivera, if I was a Washington Commanders fan, mm-hmm. my team is in Philly. They battle back. They, tie the, they, they, come, they pull within a point, yep. and they kick the field goal. Instead of going for two. And you have the defense on its heels. The crowd is stunned. Go for two and win the game with your offense. Yep. And you're two and one. Yeah. It's a game no one expects you to win. You got a chance to steal one against Philly. Right. Unbelievable. Weak. The, the, it was weak. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football. Uh, it looked like that game was going to get out of hand. Mm-hmm. And good then, for Zach Wilson. Good for Zach Wilson. The, the call at the end on Sauce. Not good. I think it was a legit call. It would bother me if I'm a Jets fan how late that flag came yep. out. It was almost like the ref waited till he saw what was going to happen. Right. And then he called it. Right. That, to me, was, was, was brutal. But ended up being a really good uh, Sunday night football game, unless you had uh, Kansas City and the points. Then it wasn't because <laughs> Patrick Mahomes took a dive at the end. Um, was the right play. It was. It was. 49ers for real? Yeah. Chris McCaffrey's for real. Got to keep him healthy. My good. If he stays healthy. Yeah. Uh, Patriots stink. 
awful. Brandon Staley, he didn't learn. No. And he gets bailed out again. Yep. No Mike Williams, no uh, Austin Eckler. Yep. Still found a way to win. Remarkable. Bill Belichick suffers his worst loss ever. Yeah. If I'm a Patriots fan, I appreciate everything that guy has done. Mm-hmm. Goes, time. goes down as maybe the greatest coach of all time. Does it feel like that franchise is moving in the right direction with him and with Mac Jones? Neither. No. It's a different game. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, offenses are different. The way it's played is different. The speed is different. And uh, it, it's just not there right now for him. Did uh, you watch much of the Brown or the uh, Bears and Broncos? Yeah, entertaining game. It was. Yeah. Ended up being much more entertaining than the other game that was going on at, uh, <laughs> at that time. Um, Bears right now, if the season ended, would get the first and second overall pick. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm, I not, mean, they have, I'm not bypassing a chance to take Caleb Williams because I have Justin It's Fields. a dumpster fire, like the whole Chase Claypool thing. Right. Now, everything in Chicago is a dumpster fire, but um, I think it's another interesting and entertaining, although more blowouts than I think people would have liked yeah, I, this I, week in the I NFL. I thought Buffalo-Miami would be closer yeah. than the, the 25 or 28-point margin. Mention the 49ers. Uh-huh. End of the third quarter, that's 21-16. Uh-huh. On the road. Arizona's playing tough. Yeah. Arizona, they only got one win to show for it, but they have not been roll over and, and kind of take it tank for Caleb Williams that a lot of people thought they were going to Relative be. to what everybody said, and deservedly so during the offseason about how they're tanking, and, you know, you're not going to have Kyler Murray, and it doesn't look like he's going to come off pup for the game this week. Uh, I think everybody thought that they were going to roll over against everyone, and that, that hasn't been yeah. the case. Obviously, the, the big upset went over Dallas, maybe the most improbable outcome so far this season, and then the way they played San Francisco yesterday, they're a tough out. If, uh, if you are Jamar Chase and you are frustrated already, mm-hmm. you were teammates in college with Justin Jefferson, good friends with Justin Jefferson. When you flip on or check after the game of what other teams are doing, if you're Jamar Chase, how frustrated are you seeing Justin Jefferson week by week, yeah. two touchdowns, one touchdown, 180 yards? That has to, be, that has to eat at you. Because on one thing, like, that's your boy and you're happy. Right. On the other, it's like, what am I missing? Well, Why can't I get that? Especially because the team is losing. Like, right. I don't think Jamar would care if, if they winning. were eking it out. Mm-hmm. But We said that last year. Sure. You, you said this to me off air. I'll paraphrase you here. So we hear a lot about culture, right? Zach Taylor and the team's culture, all of which he has gotten and deserved a lot of credit for sort of rebuilding, repairing the culture mm-hmm. that was uh, in such bad need of repair when he, when he took the job. But the real test of that stuff isn't when you're 12 and 4. Right. And it's not when you're winning the division consecutive years. It's, it's, it's when you're going through legitimate adversity. This team is going through legitimate adversity. One and three – uh, Joe is not 100%. T. Higgins is hurt. This is when I want to see, you know, Jamar yesterday, we'll have the audio for you here in a bit, but he was clearly frustrated. I cannot blame him. If you are worrying that the losing is starting to make people st- uh, talk uh, out of turn and is starting to create dissension in the locker room, here's where the coach can prove that, mm-hmm. you know what, All, our culture is I- impenetrable. Our culture is good enough to rise above this. This is when we find out if all the leadership qualities we've said this head coach has, if, if he really does have them. Yep. This is when you show it. Yes. Because, again, I, I threw it out there, the cheesy line last year, it's easy to be captain when the sea is calm. Oh. Right? I mean, that's what it is. Oh. How many times last year did we say they would win, but the offense wasn't explosive or right. dynamic? But you say 
in the locker room, you go with it because you're winning. Uh-huh. What happens when you lose? Yeah. And what happens when not only do you lose, but you're not getting any touches, and you're watching around the league guys get their touches? Mm-hmm. You know, you want it to be team, but at some point, this is your livelihood. And if you're That's the J- T. Higgins side of it. And, and, sure. And if you're Jamar, you're the one guy that publicly was like, you know what? He shouldn't be playing. Yep. No I, one to you. I, I'm sure there's a part of him that's like, look, I, I told you. Right. What else could I have done? Right. I told you. And a lot of you laughed at me. I told you. And guess, here we, here's where we are. And it doesn't look like things are going get to better, get better anytime soon. Just keep going with it. It's a definition of insanity. It is. Doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. Yep. I was, I was watching today, uh, I don't, can't think of the Kay Adams show. Uh-huh. On my way here, I was listening, and uh, she had Taylor Lewan on. She's asking, here's Joe Burrow, here's all the weapons, right. what's going on? His first answer was coaching. Hmm. He said, you can't look around the NFL and tell me that others can't win when their quarterback is limited or out. Right. They do. Right. And this, this offense is too talented to be losing football games, regardless if Joe Burrow is 10%, 50%, or 100%. Well, this offense, there are too many weapons not to strike fear in defenses. There's too many weapons that an opposing team shouldn't just line up and say, we're just going to blitz right up the middle, and you yeah. can't do anything about it. It's one thing to lose. It's something else to look completely inept. It's something else to be c- completely impotent, if you will. It's one thing if the other team just makes more plays than you. Mm -hmm. This team twice now in four games has looked as bad as the Bengals ever did in the 90s. And let's not kid ourselves. In the other two games, it wasn't like they lit the place on fire. Like, from an offensive perspective, I can handle them losing. It's Mm -hmm. the NFL. Watching them play the way they've had, the, the way they have, where they've been at times completely incapable of moving the football, where they've been pushed around, where there's no creativity, where it feels like they simply acquiesce to what the defense takes away, that, that to me is really hard to stomach. It's, it's remarkable, and there is no excuse in the National Football League for it. Again, I, I, you cannot convince me otherwise that if you look across the NFL – Ross, take the quarterback out of it. And I know the quarterback matters. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks in the NFL winning games on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And they don't have nearly the weapons that this team has. Right. And everything got masked and shadowed because they were winning last year. But to our point that we have made, when we get together on Mondays historically after losses, we talk about the offense. Mm-hmm. Where would you rank yesterday? Because sometimes you do have to hit rock bottom and get that, you know, this team probably – hearing a lot of positives, Super Bowl this, Super Bowl that. Sometimes maybe it takes rock bottom to get back up. Was, was yesterday in the Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor era together, was that the worst loss? Yes. I agree. Without question. So how do you bounce back from that? Which way do you go? I think it's going to be very telling. If you, pl- <laughs> if you play Burrow this week, uh, y- you – Why wouldn't they? That's a strange question to, to say you wouldn't. Yeah. That's strange. If you play Burrow this week, you are inviting disaster. Mm-hmm. It, that's just how it feels. It gets worse before it gets better. Given the way the teams are going to play the Bengals defensively, it feels like you're inviting disaster. Mm-hmm. And a responsible coaching staff does not invite disaster. We'll hear from Zach Taylor when we come back. 16 minutes away from uh, 5 o'clock. We're at Twin Peaks in Florence for the Tony and Mo Football Show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. So, who got cut? Getting ESPN 1530 from iHeartRadio. 
All right, it's uh, 10 away from uh, 5 o'clock. It's now time for the second part of the contractually obligated airing of Zach Taylor's Monday press conference on ESPN 1530. Time for the Zach Taylor press conference. Brought to you in part by One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning and by Brandstetter's Kangaroo on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. I feel like you know he's he's moved around a lot this year. Um, we've we've tried to find a lot of ways to target him. That's that's something you want to do with your best players. Um, so a lot of our guys have kind of fallen in that category. Again, th- we got to be better on third down. Um, we've now had two games now. One we were what were we two of fifteen I think against Cleveland and and zero and five in the first. We didn't get a third down in the third quarter in this game um, because we just had the turnover on the possession. But. It's as simple as that. So then everything else gets magnified when, when in reality, if we can just extend these drives, then we get a chance to get into better rhythm. And, and all the things you really talk about with our defense, we get a chance to do the other team's defense, you know, wear them down and allow some missed tackles and find a rhythm and get softer coverage. And um, so a lot of the things, it, it's really very simple when you boil it down to where this thing went wrong in the second quarter. No, I, I really I don't remember what I referenced, but um, you know had a chance to reflect back on the week and, and really felt like we had a good week and felt really good going into the game that it was going to be a good performance from our guys. Um, and then just again, there's always that period there in the second quarter where it's it's I think three to three with seven and a half minutes left in the quarter, and then you look up and it's twenty four to three at halftime, and so. Um, that's that's an area right there where offense has got to find a way to get some points to put pressure on them. Um, defense has got to continue to stand up, and and there's really just that that seven minute window where things really went south for us. When the offense was at its best last year, checked out the Hayden and Samaj were You know, we, we haven't hit a ton of checkdowns, but I'm not going to sit here and say that that's where the ball should have gone on a lot of them either. So he found one to Mixon for a good game. We were backed up yesterday. Uh, I think we were in, we threw a screen for minus three, and then and then Mixon got us about 11 back, I think, to get us into a third and four, so maybe nine-yard gain there. So there's been um, – I think we've, we found them when they're there, when there's the opportunity for them. I'm not going to sit here and say, man, we should have thrown the check down a lot more in a lot of these concepts. That's That's not the way it's really played out for us. You know, it's that those are things we talk about in the individual meetings, the unit meeting, the team meeting. Um, I think our guys understand where we're at and what we have to do differently. And that really our focus is just on Arizona and playing our best game and finding a way to win. And then, and then we'll be right back on track. So managing disappointment, um, these guys are, are pros and they're here for a reason. And uh, they believe in each other and they believe in the process that we're undergoing. So I, I feel really good about where this team's at. And, you know, I, I watch some of the postgame game you know, interviews with these guys and love their responses. It shows that immediately in an emotional loss right there, um, just where their mind's at, it's at the right place. And um, just I enjoy listening to those guys talk. And, and uh, you got a lot of belief in our players when you hear them talk like that. Yeah, just, just again, is it about the team and about things I can control and do better? 
Um, I thought Jamar's was outstanding. Like really when you watch the two and a half minutes he spoke, um, it's really leadership. He's reflecting a lot on when I get my opportunities, I got to find ways to be explosive, get in the end zone. Um, you know, we got to be more detailed, looking at the playbook, watching tape. Um, thought he was outstanding, you know, and, and even you, you love the clip. I didn't totally understand the question he got asked. I don't know how I would have answered that. Um, it just shows the confidence that he is, is that I'm going to get open and win. And when I get my opportunities, I got I to do something with it. And so um, I love that. That's, that's confidence in one of our best players. I thought he showed great leadership in his whole two-and-a-half-minute response. Like, it was really um, – you're proud of our guys in those moments because some guys can take those opportunities to really go off the rails. And, and Jamar is a great example of how our guys, our best players, handle it the right way. And, and I thought he showed great leadership there. No, no, it's not necessary after every game. You know, there, there's times when, um, you know, you're curious. I, I thought it was great in the locker room afterwards. You know, our players that, that talked in the locker room. Um, it's disappointing. There's no you, you go in there expecting to win the game, and so when you lose 27 to three, it's it's initial frustration. Obviously, when you walk off the field in disappointment. But um, once you're around the players in that environment where they're all surrounding you and you're listening to it, it's the confidence is is reinstilled in you that we're going to be in great shape. And, and again, we just have to make the most of this week, and that's got to be where our focus is, and not, not worrying about what's down the road, not worrying about what our record is at this point. You have to learn from some of those games we've just had because there's great moments to learn from like we've had in years past, um, and, and I'm confident that our guys will be able to do that. This has been the Zach Taylor Press Conference on ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. Final hour of the show is coming up. We have no more press conferences. We have more Bengals issues and a Bearcat game to discuss. We'll get to all of it between now and 6 o'clock. We're at Twin Peaks in Florence for the Tony and Mo Football Show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Tech, Penn Station, East Coast Subs. Penn Station, it's all in good taste. Honda East and Honda East Power Equipment Dealer, Nixco Plumbing. Choose a pro, choose Nixco. First State Bank, built on belief. And by Ralph's American Grill in Wilmington, Ohio. Visit ralphsgrill.com. This is Cincinnati's ESPN 1530, the official home of the Bengals. That is us, 8 after 5 ESPN 1530, Mo Egger and Tony Pike. On Mondays, it's the Tony and Mo Football Show. We're broadcasting from uh, Twin Peaks in Florence, mm. uh, very close to uh, I-75. Extraordinarily easy to get to. If you're just getting off work, if you're in the area, come on out and see us. Uh, we are here till 6. We're going to be back in Westchester yes. next Monday. Two shows in Westchester, then we're back here toward the end of August or October. Sure. Uh, we're here till 6 tonight, and uh, if you're thinking for, like, dinner, let's go out and forget cooking, come on out to Twin Peaks. Mm. You've got Monday Night Football and uh, so much more. So uh, we're here. We're also giving away Luke Combs tickets. Oh. Can meet our friend Megan. Yes. Uh, the best employee that we work with who's from Sydney. Uh, easily. Easily. And her excitement levels. She, are through the roof. She brings a lot of energy to the table. Yes. You can tell this is... The energy's palpable. One of her favorite events to work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, she'll sign you up for our Luke Combs tickets at uh, the venue formerly known as Paul Brown Stadium <laughs> next summer. Uh, the Bengals lose 27-3. to three. Mm. Uh, Joe Burrow, not good. No. Bengals offense, not good. Bengals defense, not good. Bengals as a whole, not good. And so... <sighs> A lot of folks, we did this in the first two weeks. Joe's just not himself. Yeah. Weather was bad. Weather was bad. So that was fine for two weeks. Joe's just not himself. 
Baltimore's a good team. Baltimore's a good team. Cleveland's got a good defense. Joe's just not himself. Not a good matchup. If Joe's just not himself is going to be what we apply to the rest of the season, pack it up. Yep. The issues the Cincinnati Bengals have strike me as deeper than a calf muscle. 100%. And you agree. And the, the issues are going to be more than a calf muscle if he continues and they continue to operate the way they are right now because he's going to get hurt worse. Mm-hmm. He's going to have an elbow injury or a head injury. Something's going to happen because right now it's just it's going to happen based on how the defenses are playing the Bengals and the fact that the Bengals can't scheme or game plan a way to help Joe Burrow or this offense out at all right now. But you know what's unique is, you know, a Super Bowl team, which is what the Bengals were supposed to be, uh-huh. you have to find ways to win bad matchups. Yeah. Or you got to find ways to beat good teams. Or maybe you just don't have your best. I don't think the Eagles were at their best yesterday, and they found a way to beat the Commanders. Yeah. Good teams do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you, you have to find ways. And it, it's almost like unless everything is perfect for the Bengals' offense, there isn't a way. Yeah. So right? It's not like – it's not like, well, you know what, Joe Burrow didn't have it today, but they eked out a win. That doesn't happen. Right. It's not like we have been in here on Monday saying, well, you know what, Bengals put up 38, but they came up short. Right. That doesn't happen. So I said last week that the Bengals suddenly have taken on a very 2015 feel. When I think of 2015, Bengals won 12 games that year, but all year long, everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. And Andy Dalton, until he got hurt, had a really good year. And then for many years, it felt like for a lot of folks – that's what we kept chasing. Well, remember 2015? It's like, yeah, yeah, for 12 weeks, everything was perfect. Things aren't going to be perfect. The, the player not play Joe Burrow thing is, is very, very simple because you've talked about, look, it's the calf, but it also could be the elbow. Mm-hmm. It could be God knows what. You have a quarterback who can't move. Like when the, the folks who have wanted him to play yeah. talked about why he should play, they, they would admit he can't move. The Tennessee Titans took advantage of that yesterday and said, fine, you can't move, uh, you can't throw deep, we're going to come after you. Yep. The more they come after him, the more he's going to get hit. The more he gets hit, nine times yesterday, the more he gets hit, the higher the likelihood is of an injury that's much more catastrophic mm-hmm. than a calf issue. Yeah. Now, we've said for since his first year, they've got to figure out a way to keep him upright. Playing him almost guarantees he's not going to be upright if he can't move. Well, not only playing him, but playing him and then giving Joe Mixon 14 carries when he's running for 4.8 yards per carry. Right. Make that make sense. Right. You know, uh, the Miami Dolphins from snap to throw get the ball out quicker than anyone else in the NFL. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they don't want Tua to take hits. The concussions are a problem. So Mike McDaniels has schemed up a way to get it out of his hands quicker. Uh, Aaron Rodgers won two playoff games a couple years ago with a bad calf, mm-hmm. hobbled. Uh, teams every year win games, multiple games, with backup quarterbacks in the National Football League because they outscheme their opponents. None of these things seem to apply to this offense with Zach Taylor as the play caller. Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor as a play caller in 2016 was 123 out of 128 from a points-per-game standpoint. Was it, was it 13 straight quarters without yes. a touchdown? In the American Athletic Conference. In this modern era of college football. This, this has been masked for multiple years because Joe Burrow has been a magician in the pocket and Joe Burrow has extended plays. Or they can spread teams out when Joe Burrow's healthy and teams have to respect the weapons so they back up and you get some easier completions. Yeah. This is the first time that Zach Taylor is being asked to help Joe Burrow. Not Joe Burrow help Zach Taylor. 
He needs to help Joe Burrow, and he can't right now. Yeah. Teams are saying, we're going to pressure you. We're going to come up and put pressure on your receivers. And Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're not going to have any lane responsibilities because we're not worried about Joe Burrow running. And Zach is having a very hard time scheming anything up with success. I gave the stat in the first hour. Since the history of the NFL, <laughs> long time, Joe Burrow is the first quarterback in NFL history with 150 or more pass attempts in four games, and he's averaging less than five yards per attempt. So, you know, you were talking about, well, Zach doesn't have Joe to mask him. The one area where I might disagree is in the 2021 playoffs, mm-hmm. where they had to sit down and design game plans around an offensive line that stunk. Yeah. And I gave, and, and to this day, believe that, that Zach and the offensive staff deserve credit for designing an offense around this massive deficiency mm-hmm. where you sit down and you go, look, our quarterback's going to get hit. Yeah. Uh, oh, but now the difference is there, Joe can move. I was say, with that, you can move the pocket. Right. You can go play action, escape. Right. You know. So th- th- You could go under center. They have had to scheme around a deficiency before. Yeah. Two years ago, they made the Super Bowl, and, and again, the offense wasn't great but it functioned. Mm-hmm. And that's like all I want is I, I just want the offense, forget scoring 35 points. Rhythm. I just want some rhythm. I want some first downs. I want it to function. It is remarkable to me the lack of creativity and the inability to scheme around this deficiency. And if we're just going to shrug our shoulders and accept it, you've got to play the other guy. Yeah. And like, But that would do what? That would expose more of – of a play caller without a Joe Burrow in front. Sure. That's a problem. You, w- w- without, without, That's why that question is strange. Without would question. Joe Burrow, is Joe Burrow playing? That's a strange question. How, That's not. How could you be the head coach of a team? For those who don't know, uh, I think it was Kelsey Conway, the yeah. inquirer, asked, is Joe expected to play on Sunday? And Zach said it's a strange question. First of all, Zach is not a dumb guy. He knows that question's coming. It's mm-hmm. not a strange question. You have a quarterback who has been hurt. You have a quarterback who two weeks ago was on the injury report. You have a quarterback who... Uh, steered an offense to three points yesterday. How are you not expecting that question? Correct. How do you not know going into that media session that there are going to be questions about whether or not your guy should play? So you had to know the question was coming, and I I just – I keep coming back to to this. If this is what it's going to look like, if this is how it's going to be, it's one thing if you're eking out wins. It's one thing Mm -hmm. if you're figuring out ways to still get it done offensively. If this is what it looks like, you cannot convince me it makes any sense to keep running Joe Burrow out Got to sit him. Got to sit him. I I just – there's no – 
in this, the, I know he, you're going to find the meatheads who are like, dude, it's football. You play sure. hurt. Okay, fine. That, but you're supposed to win when you play but hurt. But here's the worst part about it. This team had legit Super Bowl aspirations. If you're telling me that if Joe Burrow doesn't play against the Arizona Cardinals, they have no chance of winning, then they don't have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Correct. Either. Exactly. That's as simple as that. Exactly. You can't go beat Arizona with your roster, who is ten times better player to player than what Arizona is, then one, you're not a Super Bowl contender, and two, the coaching staff has zero confidence in anything they're doing. And it's the same, it's the same discussion we had about the Rams game. Now you could add A.J. McCarron to the mix. Mm-hmm. You, you sit down today. Maybe you say A.J.'s the guy because he's, he's appeared in an NFL Fine. game before. Whatever it is, you have six days to go, okay, we're going to revolve everything around you. We're going to design the game plan around your strengths and weaknesses. We're going to do the best we can to, to protect you and, and allow your uh, and keep your, your lack of experience, if it's Browning or even to a degree McCarron, from, from catching up to you. A good coaching staff can do that. Mm-hmm. They are, this, this just, from a physical standpoint, feels like a ticking time bomb. And yep. if it's not his calf, if this is what it looks like, they are begging for him to be hurt. Yeah. They are begging for him to we're, be hurt. We're not having this conversation if they lose 27-24 yesterday. No. We're talking about the defense. Right. Missed tackles. Certain, maybe certain situations Guys in the not game. not making plays. Yeah. Um, and we're not talking about this if yesterday was the outlier. Correct. But yesterday is becoming this has been the norm. what it is. Yes. And so this team can't score. Joe Burrow's taking more and more hits. The offense can't function. And the book is now out. Right. Tennessee on the first drive yesterday said, take everything underneath. We'll try to stop you in the red zone. Yeah. I thought it was a weak, weak call not to go for it on fourth and two from the two-yard line on the first call, especially when you take the kickoff to go make a statement. You had a chance to do it, and you didn't do it. The book is out. Tennessee, what they did in the, the, the second drive on yesterday will be what you see exclusively going forward. If yeah. not, then the opposing coordinator should have to take questions for that. Yeah, uh, But no one's going to make it easy. No one's going to feel bad and say, well, he's hurt. Let's play off. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to light the guy up. And uh, if you don't have a game plan for that, you are doing a huge disservice to the quarterback that just got the highest contract in the history of the NFL. That's a disservice to him. Because I know Joe Burrow wants to play. Sure. If you can't formulate a game plan to protect him, then he shouldn't be out there. I wish somebody in ownership, starting mm-hmm. with Mike, trickling on down, would step up and say, we're not doing this anymore. And again, I said in the first hour, there's precedent for that because they did it with A.J. Green in 2016. We're not doing this. Joe's not playing. And if you don't like it, tough. It's my investment. It's my team. He ain't playing. Joe, I get it if you don't like it. Zach, I understand. Figure it out. You had all summer long to tailor a plan for what you were going to do in the event that Joe couldn't play in a week. It, it, it just it makes no sense. It again. And, and again, it's not an overreaction to one game. Right. This is how they've looked now for four weeks. It screams to me two things. Zero confidence in Jake Browning, which is apparent at this point, mm-hmm. and zero confidence in yourself as a play caller. It's the Arizona Cardinals. You have Joe Mixon, Orlando Brown, Jonah Williams, Ted Karras, uh, uh, Jamar Chase, maybe T. Higgins. If not, you have Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't go beat the Arizona Cardinals, Josh Dobbs, right. you worried about what Josh Dobbs is going to carve up your defense? Right. If you're worried about that and not winning this game, you're not Super Bowl contenders anyway, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Rest them for the rest of the year if that's the case. If you can't go beat the Arizona Cardinals without Joe Burrow, then you do not deserve to be in any conversation for a Super Bowl, which goes back to the point of Kelsey's question – 
asking about Joe Burrow's status for Sunday is not strange. No. It is what every person in the world is talking about and wondering. Why is he continuing to go out there when he can't even move around the pocket? Right. So what's he got to stand in there now and just take the hits under the chin? And that's, and that's the thing for me. I'm less worried about him aggravating the calf and more worried about him just taking a beating because he can't move. He missed a third down, eight-yard out throw yesterday by seven yards. Mm-hmm. Didn't get pressured, but he had gotten hit so much right. he can't drive through. It sailed out of bounds. Yeah. No way he makes that throw. So two years ago, uh, behind a bad offensive line, he could move, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, Joe extended yeah. plays. He moved. That's why they won those playoff games. He Slowed was able defenses to do th- down. They couldn't pressure right. as much. He, he could move. And we walked away from that season, walked away from the Super Bowl loss, go, okay, got to do a better job, got to keep him upright. This franchise is cooked if he continues to take hits. Mm-hmm. Now here he is taking hits, and we just want to keep rolling him out there doing this? Yep. I, I It's – what, what percentage ridiculous. would you put, you think, honestly, without no, we, no one knows the extent of the injury. What percentage do you think he is? Somewhere between 50 and 60%. I was going to say 50 to 70%. Yeah. He's, nowhere, he's not above that. And, you know, the, the folks who peruse him walking out onto the field during warm-ups like it's the Zapruder film, that's not what I'm interested in. Right. Can he run? Yep. Can he evade? trouble the one the the big play against the rams play action he was able to hobble out of the pocket and hit jamar chase down the field right now he threw 49 times and had no setbacks and practiced all week did they do one of those yesterday no so where's the disconnect can he do it did it not get called is he regressing something's there Mm -hmm. i mean again i spent i spent more time at uc in the training room than i did on the field and I'm telling you right now, to have an injury that's not a, a knee or a fracture or a break, where for five weeks you do nothing but rehab multiple times a day, yeah. and it's still bad, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. Something does not make sense in all of that. Right. So, to me, I want to rest the calf, and I don't want another injury. Correct. And the, the more he's back there with a calf that's not 100%, yep. I mean, can, can you imagine – you know, I, people are going to accuse me of speaking this into existence if it were to happen. He plays against Arizona. He looks the same. He can't move. And then he, he gets hit, and there's a, a shoulder problem. Right. Or he gets hit, and there's a knee issue. Elbow. Or an elbow. Or, or a, whatever. And now we're talking about another injury, yeah. a fresh injury, that's caused in part because he's taken a beating because he can't move him out of the pocket. Right. He can't protect himself. Yeah. So right now, someone from the organization has to protect him from himself. Correct. Outside of a knee, for a quarterback, what's the most dangerous? You're throwing full speed, and in the middle of your release, your arm comes to a screeching halt. Elbow, shoulder, whatever you want to say. Right. He cannot protect himself right now, so someone from the organization needs to. 24 minutes after 5 o'clock. He's hmm. Tony Pike on Mo Egger, Tony and Mo football show. Uh, we've been mostly about the Bengals today. We have not had a chance to uh, talk about Friday night in Utah. Oh, Provo. The, uh, the Bearcats, uh, for a while, were in control of the game. And then oh, uh, at the end of the, half. End of the first half, uh, not. And uh, they fall to two and three. Three straight losses for the first time since 2017. We'll get to that coming up in about uh, 10 minutes here at uh, Twin Peaks in Florence on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. 29 minutes after 5 on uh, ESPN 1530. I'm Mo Egger. Uh, we could either do a very, very short segment here and delay the inevitable, or we could uh, screw up the clock and talk about the Bearcats now. Uh, whatever you want to do. We could talk about uh, your uh, your Scott 
Eagles. They got their second win of the season. They did. Time to make a playoff push? Sure. Well, Will it's, Scott it's, make the playoffs? It's, it's Everyone gets it's killed. Kentucky. All right, it's so Kentucky. you guys just haven't shown anything for the you first know, couple they, weeks. They, the, they, had, they hired a new coach okay. from Florida, and then he had to leave like two weeks before the season. So oh. they've been in flux, but you know, okay. they played better. That's good. Two wins. Yeah. And in Kentucky, my senior year, they went 0-10. And, mm. and uh, I think scored six touchdowns all season. Yeah. And yet there I was watching a first-round playoff game. They didn't win it. Six touchdowns. What's that like? <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Both of these Cincinnati teams to get there. Then, by be... the way, the one first-half touchdown they scored, the guy who scored it's not around, Charlie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice to get some of those. What I'm, are those like? I'm impressed you even knew that Scott played this week. Well, it's because in our weekly pick'em segment, I picked him the week before against Connor. Uh. I knew nothing about him. Now I've learned. <laughs> That they finally got their second win. They haven't played in a close game. Yeah. They've either won by like 50 or lost okay. by even I can more. respect that. That's right. I respect that. It's been sort of up Be good down. or be really bad. That's what they've been good. with the interim coach from uh, Campbell County, who I'm sure is a very nice man. How was that for a quick segment? That's terrific. We'll there do the is. UC game when we come back. Perfect. Twin Peaks and Florence. It's the Tony and Mo football show on uh, ESPN, 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Anna Hill fakes a handoff, rolls out to the right. He wants to throw it downfield. He guns it deep downfield, it. and it's intercepted at the eight-yard line. Dax Hill with his second interception of the year, and the Bengals' defense gets a takeaway. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's Wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Interception number two in the season and the career of Dax Hill. This week's defensive play of the game, it is brought to you by Fusion Fence Company. More than just another fencing company, your satisfaction is their guarantee. Go to FusionFenceCompany.com. Dax Hill uh, is is having a nice year, unfortunately. That uh, play came in the fourth quarter with the game essentially decided. Bengals lose 27-23. to uh, 23. That takes us to Joe Burrow's passing stats. Oh. This will be fun. They're brought to you by Jake Sweeney oh. Automotive in Tri-County, Western Hills, Lebanon, and uh, here in Florence, serving the Tri-State for over 100 years. Joe, 20 of 30 for a buck 65, zero TDs, zero picks, a passer rating of 80.6, a QBR of 14.3, a yards per attempt average of five and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah, just not great. <laughs> just... Oh, can you – it would just be we, – we talk all the time about coaches sleeping at the office and how hard that life is. Yeah. Look how easy it is for opposing coaches right now against the Bengals. Well, that's the thing. If you're – I don't know if Zach Taylor sleeps in his office. I don't think he does. I think he 
despite the hours that he works, still tries to you know get his kids to school and stuff in the morning. But th- these guys do work insane hours. They work insane hours to come up with these game plans. Ooh. Can you imagine what the game plans would be like if they worked nine to five? Right. I could. Turn on the Toy Story broadcast. Sports, sports. You love the Toy Story. Did your kids like it? No. My daughter, zero interest. I really thought like, because I'm like, game starts at 930. Yeah. We're going to sit and eat some breakfast. Wilder's going to get a kick out of this. Yeah. He could not have been any more disinterested. My daughter was more interested when I flicked back to the actual game yeah. broadcast. And, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm like rooting for Dez because she mm. liked the uniforms. Oh. Like the, yeah. the Toy Story broadcast didn't right. have as, as much of that. Uh, sports headlines in service of Kelsey Chevrolet. Reed Senate's been cut by the Bengals. T. Higgins confirms rib fractures, says it's just one, says he's going to try to give it a go this week. Bengals and Cardinals on uh, Sunday. Seahawks and Giants on Monday Night Football live on ESPN 1530. After the uh, Mark Stoops radio show, Kentucky now 20th in both major polls after their blowout win. But the Ray Davis show. Just Man. running over Gators. He was defenders. incredible. He was fantastic. He was absolutely incredible. It was yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Is Kentucky good? We're going to find out this weekend. We'll find out when they head over the hedge. Are the Bearcats good? Uh, well, sometimes. Uh, 498 yards I don't of get offense. It, man. Like, their, their post-game box scores are the most questioning and dumbfounding <laughs> things I've ever seen. So they outgained BYU on Friday by 200 yards. 495. They had nine more first downs. They did have two more penalties, including one in a punt play that I think effectively sealed the game. They possessed the ball for 10 more minutes. They do this on the road, and they lose by eight points. I don't know what's more frustrating as a fan. Watching your team not be able to move the ball at all like yesterday or over the last three weeks, watching your team move it, watching your team have some success, watching your team at times physically dominate the other team and then see them repeatedly come up empty in the red zone at the end of drives and short-yarded situations and lose another winnable game. That's the thing, uh, losing winnable games. Should have beat Miami, should have beat BYU, should be talking about a team that's 4-1 and going into the bye week. Yes. I I don't know – Coming off Oklahoma uh-huh. and giving up 20, 29 and a half minutes of the most dominant defense I've seen in a long time from a Bearcat team. Four straight punts, three straight three and outs. Unbelievable. They take the lead, and I'm thinking at that point. Even like the pick six, it's like pick six, but it's like just regroup because yeah. the defense is dominating. And, and they did. Yep. They scored 10 points. Okay, they're not lighting the scoreboard on fire, but they were in control of the game. So there's less than a minute to go with 36 seconds. They're at their 18-yard line. You can give up a field goal. Yep. What you cannot do is give up 82 yards bang, in three bang, plays, bang, and yeah. they did. And on the third play, there hasn't been a guy in college football more wide open this year. It was incredible. It was absolutely and you knew maddening. It, and you knew at that point they weren't going to win. Yep. Now, you could take it. I think Mateo was great. Mm-hmm. He's, he's progressing yes. into that tight end the, role the, that they the need. The touchdown grab was fantastic. Yeah, just the, you, you see positives. After that drive before the half – I didn't trust the defense to stop anybody. No. I don't know what flip switched. And offensively, it's just it's so hard to watch at times. They're running the ball for 5.1 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. They're dominating the, the total yards again. And they did it without Ryan Montgomery. Right. Yeah. And then they just disappear at times. Like, again, it's, it's 35-20. And you score, cut it to eight. Third quarter's in. You get a three and out. You're getting the ball back. And a ball that is bouncing over Braden Smith's head, it looked like he was at the combine trying to do the vertical test. Yeah. 
Looked like he was just trying to see how he could jump to reach. Just let the ball go. BYU recovers. They score. And, and just like that, the game's out of reach. Those, right? th those three drives, BYU gained 230 yards and scored three touchdowns in, in 12 plays. Yeah. Now, they scored the last touchdown after the Braden Smith punt mistake. It was remarkable. I mean, you can't say they were gassed. Heck, BYU, their, their first four drives, I think the longest one was four plays. They had three right. straight three and outs. And then it was three plays, five plays, four plays, five plays. The defense was barely on the field. BYU had the ball for 25 minutes. <laughs> and they ran the ball for 2.5 yards a carry. Right. And they were depleted with injuries. Right. It's a bad loss. So it's a bad loss. Now, there's a part of me, because you know Tony, I'm a glass half full type guy. 100%. Uh, you know, the, the Miami game is a little bit of a different animal because you should physically beat them, but they got physically beaten up inside the 10-yard line. Um, Oklahoma is a different animal than BYU, but those are Big 12 schools. Physically, Cincinnati has often, certainly on defense. I thought so. Held their own. They've held their own. So the good news is that should continue. The bad news is they lost both games. And yeah. the BYU game with the mistakes. And the Emory Jones pick six, yeah, they recovered, but still that's a mistake you can't make. Braden Smith, who's done some really good things, he's caught a few punts like that. He's been playing he's with pilot. fire. He is a pilot, yes. Uh, uh, if, if that's how it flies planes. Mm. Uh, Good. But I'll drive. The, that's a mistake you simply can't make. And then there were more third and fourth and shorts they couldn't convert on on Friday. Yeah, uh, it's frustrating all around because the total yardage is always there. Yeah. And they're winning they move the ball. time of possession. They're winning uh, a lot of the team stat categories. So, like, go to outside of Oklahoma, just look at their games and just – Mark out the total score and just look at the team stat page. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, oh, this team's won every game. Yeah. Even Oklahoma, 20 points. All yeah. right. That's take a winnable game. At home, take it. Man. And here they are at two and three. I still think bowl eligibility is there for them. Now. They have to beat Iowa State. Got to beat Iowa State. Yeah. But there's teams on the schedule left that aren't good. Oklahoma State isn't great this year. Right. Um, Iowa State's not great. Houston is not good. West right. Virginia is not good. You can get to six. Uh, but you've got to quit making the mistakes that they've been making up to this point. And Kansas is in your building. Kansas is home. So, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give them that. UCF had a – what a meltdown that was <laughs> late in the game. Yeah. I mean, you talk about having meltdowns. I hate to see that for UCF. But, I don't know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity. Again, you've you got to buy this week, and you've got team uh, in Iowa State coming in the week after. That's not great. It's homecoming. Great opportunity to get the first Big 12 win. I felt – at 10-7 before they kicked off, I felt great. I thought Cincinnati was the better team. Yep. I, I, I think I – Keaton Slovis made some really nice throws in the second half. I still think Cincinnati might be the better team. Yeah. I didn't feel that way about Oklahoma. I did feel it about Miami. Man, it's just I, – I, I sort of separate Oklahoma because we thought they would lose. They were 14-and-a-half point And dogs. I thought BYU was a coin toss. Yeah. They were favored on the road. And it was yeah. a beaten-up BYU team, too, yep. with all the injuries. They lose both of them, and, you know, again, it's one thing if, you know, we talk about the Bengals where you're just inept. They haven't been inept. Yeah, let me ask you for the Bearcats. If things the next couple weeks don't go well, do you continue running Emory out there, or do you try to get some guys meaningful reps that are going to be a big part of it next year? I think you have to start working some of the other guys in. I do too. Right? You know, you lose the next couple, you have to. You, you have to start working some of the other yeah. guys, and you have to start working in some of your other options at quarterback. I mean, in Emory, like, stat-wise, he wasn't 256, 94 rushing yards. Yeah. Not terrible, but 23 of 37. And, and by the, the pick way, six. I, I think Emory would understand that. 
Correct. He strikes me as the kind of guy that would – I mean, he's been in that situation. Like, all right, it's time to give the other guy a chance. We're, we're yeah. trying to work on our future here, see what we got. Outgained him by 203 yards. Again, basically 500 yards on Friday. Yep, same thing they did against Miami. Time of possession, Outgained more Miami first downs. by a ton. Yeah. Lose the game. you uh, you got to find ways to win. Can I, ask, can I ask a homecoming question? Sure. Chad Brundle and I uh, briefly glossed over this on Thursday when you were out. Mm-hmm. Homecoming is next Saturday. Yes. Chiefs play Thursday night football. Yes. Biggest thing in the world right now is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I've heard. I will even give up my spot in line. Put Travis Kelsey in the ring of honor next Saturday at homecoming. Why can't they put you both in at the same time? I would take that, but I don't want to take away from Travis and, and Taylor. You and you and Travis, you get the, you're in the photo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that better. <laughs> Mayor would probably like that even better. But, man, put them in. They're off. You get Travis and possibly Taylor to come. Put her in a UC shirt. Or, or what are the Eagles? Are the Eagles playing? Um, that's a good Can question. Can you do the Kelseys together? Yeah, that'd be really good. Right. Uh, let me let me see. Philly that week. Um, oh. Any chance that's a buy? They're a 425 Sunday game. Okay, that's not happening. No. I mean, Travis has come back for games. You've Correct. had him on the air. Correct. So, bring him back. Put, put him, him in, in the, the ring, ring of honor. But do you do you make it conditional? We're going to put you in the ring of honor. Well, see, here's what I think. Taylor has to come with you. Because these two are, are hot and heavy right now. Yeah. She flew on the team plane. Flew on. The, now, here's my question. If you if Travis just came back for the game, probably not coming. Travis in the Ring of Honor, that's a big sure. big thing. Yeah. She would probably want to be here for that. All right. So now if you're Travis, do you start negotiating? Like Absolutely. I, you know, look, I'll bring her, but I want a statue. Absolutely. And then suddenly there's a random Travis and now you have two weeks to build it. I'm not and sure. And would that's literally easy. be like, and I want my guy Tony to have one too. That's fine by me. I'm the, like, yes, let's do that. The new Ring of Honor at UC, when the fans stand up, you can't see it. No. If you're like when we get there, and the stadium's empty, and they're looks, doing stuff looks, on the field. Looks awesome. It's so good when, when, when the game is going on. The people in the top row aren't sitting; they're standing. You cannot see a name on the Ring of Honor. Also, they haven't put anyone in that thing since Tommy Tuberville, Shaq Washington, right? Was the last player under Tommy Tuberville's and, team. And so, like, is that had, a coach's thing? I don't know who determines or that. Or the NAD thing. But I mean, you know, there's there've been some great play. Like even like Des Ritter should go in. Yes, I, I certainly believe you should. Yes, but. Sauce Gardner should go in. Travis yes. Kelsey should go in. Kelsey's Kelsey. as a team should go in. Connor Barwin. Connor Barwin should, should be go in. in. Marty Mickens, Gilliard. Yes. yes, going down the line. But it feels like they added, 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 and then they just stopped. So they, they put Huber in. Yeah. Like the year after he got drafted. Huber, Washington, and Shaq. Like almost as soon as he was done. And yeah. nothing against those guys. I'm on board. But then they have stopped. Right. And that's that's interesting. And there's room up there. And do you put let's Luke, just do you put Luke Fickle up there? No. Put Brian Kelly. Maybe. Put Rick Minner? Let's just be honest. <laughs> not going to put coaches? P-I-K-E. That takes up a small space. True. You know? Kelsey, that's five letters. Gilliard, more. Like, well, and you might have to do T, Kelsey. Right. So I'm just G- thinking G- from a Kelsey. space standpoint. You're not, not a lot of room. You can put me up there in the corner. I don't care. <laughs> well. Let's uh, put an asterisk by it. I know your wife will show up if they induct you to the Ring of Honor. Hopefully, Travis yeah. is better half. But you got to do it now. And you got to to stay there together in another year. Got to put her in Bearcat gear. Strike while the iron's hot. It would be, you know, like right now with Bearcats, like the Tupac picture. 
Right. In the UC thing. That would be the new so, thing. So remember, and like it was cool when, when Bill Murray's kid was on Xavier's staff. Oh, and man. Every time they would show him in the stands, he'd have a Xavier hat on. And Xavier yep. fans, justifiably so, were like, hell yeah. Yep. Taylor Swift is a bigger deal right now than Bill Murray. 100%. And I'm a big Bill Murray guy. Times 10. Yes. But from a pop culture standpoint, oh bigger goodness. deal. Imagine the, the merch that UC would sell. Let's make it happen. I've tried. Taylor Swift get more gear than the radio broadcasters? 100%. All right. Uh, Nike or Under Armour? She'll get the Nike stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. Dana Beers. We have to go. Um, Tony is back for Cincy 360 <laughs> tomorrow at noon. Can't wait. Uh, I return tomorrow at 3.05 from the uh, Moraline Logger House. Our thanks to uh, Mike Mills. Love Mike. Thanks to, uh, to Meg. Mike looks good in that polo. Megan over there giving away tickets. Shout out, Meg. And uh, thanks to Taryn Bland producing uh, back in Kenwood. Congrats we, to his Vikings. We are yeah, we are here. Uh, we are here at Point I guess the other Twin Peaks in Westchester next Monday. Uh, we have to go. Mark Stoops Radio Show is next. Have a great night. Thank you for listening. This has been the Tony and Mo Football Show on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Hey, it's Mo Egger. The college basketball season is heating up, and there's no better place to watch every game than Long Neck Sports Grill. There are 4K TVs all over the place at each Long Neck's location, and at Long Neck's, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And I say this often, if you haven't tried Long Neck's wings, what are you waiting for? No matter who your team is, you'll be able to watch them at Long Neck's. Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Long Neck Sports Grill. This college basketball season, stay late, come often.